The Power Zone Sports Podcast is brought to you by Titan Home Lending, TicketSmarter.com, and our Florida realtor, Drew Felios. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is to beat the man, you gotta beat the man. The two one swung line drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the run of the play. He is safe. Green runs in This is the Powers on Sports podcast. All right, fans, welcome in. It is the week before Thanksgiving here on the Powers on Sports podcast. I appreciate you finding us. I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa. Remember, if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform. That way you'll get the, every episode delivered to your, your apparatus, your device, on a weekly basis. And also remember to share our podcast with your friends that are sports fans. Uh, love to hear from you and your you and your uh, colleagues about how we're doing, about what you think we're doing. Love to hear any comments that you might have for us at JPO Sports on Twitter and X. You can find our video interviews of our guest interviews on my YouTube channel, the Jason Power Sports Channel. Uh, if you go back to the archives, last week we had Charlie Ward, 1993 Heisman Trophy winner, Florida State quarterback. NBA first-round pick of the Knicks, so uh, go back and check out that episode about Charlie Ward and <clears throat> kind of his journey to stardom uh, throughout college in the NFL and no NFL career, but the NBA and all that and all the great things he's doing. So you can go back and archive any of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. Got a good episode for you. Our guest this week is going to be T.J. Reeves, sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneer Radio Network. Uh, he also does play-by-play for Compass Media. He does uh, some other media stuff throughout the week. Big <clears throat> boxing guys. Well, we're talking about boxing. Big card in Saudi Arabia got announced. We're gonna hit the. We're gonna hit the uh, some NFL topics at the midpoint of the season. Talk a little college football rankings. Talk a little playoff possibilities and scenarios. And the coaching carousel, which is fully underway in the college football world, with Jimbo Fisher being whacked, Zach Arnett at Mississippi State being whacked. A lot of speculation that Chip Kelly's going to get whacked this weekend after they play USC. Boise State's open, and there will be another one or two shockers that come open here in the next couple of weeks around the country. So, uh, we'll, TJ and I'll talk about those uh, those scenarios and potential fits of who goes where and all that good stuff. So, uh, a couple notes before we get to TJ, and then we're going to hit our time and score segment about dumbass coaching decisions that these college and NFL coaches continue to make. And we're going to highlight one, a massive one that happened last week in the college world. It's going to be our uh, highlight this week on the time and score segment for you, the fans, about just how stupid some of these coaches are when it comes to analytics and time and score and all that stuff. All right, let's let's hit a couple topics. Um, Cy Youngs were announced in Major League Baseball midweek here. Uh, Blake Snell wins it in the National League for the for the Padres. Garrett Cole in the, in the American League for the Yankees. 
They win the Cy Young. You're going to be hearing, you've heard the Manager of the Year, Schumacher and Brandon Hyde win Manager of the Year. You're going to be hearing the MVP stuff coming out here in the next day or so as well. Free agency is going to start heating up on the Major League circuit here pretty soon after Thanksgiving, typically when the owners have their owners' meetings. Where will Otani go? Uh, there will be plenty of other guys, but Otani obviously is the is the huge catch. you got a Japanese guy that's coming over as well. That's going to be a big, uh, big battle over where he ends up. But again, where does Otani go and how much does he get? Does he get money for being a pitcher and a hitter or just a hitter with his impending arm arm surgery and going to be out all of next year from a pitching perspective? So that'll be the uh, the baseball news to uh, news to discuss here in the coming week. So, um, did you see the fight in the NBA uh, on Tuesday night involving uh, Draymond, the, the 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 Warriors, and the Minnesota Timberwolves? You had Clay Thompson involved. About a minute into the game, you saw the chokehold that Draymond put on Rudy Gobert from the backside. Looked like a little uh, little sleeper hold there that he put on him. Well, Draymond got five games from the NBA. Probably about right based on his history, based on what he did. It wasn't brutal, but you didn't need to put him in a chokehold kind of situation. I don't. I think he was more just trying to break the fight up, but... You can't you can't put a guy into a into a chokehold scenario like he did with his history and get off scot free. So Draymond gets five games. Um, <clears throat> again, you, you saw a little uh, gamesmanship out of the out of the T Wolves and the Warriors as this uh, in season tournament is underway. Uh, what people's thoughts are to me, I don't have any interest in, in this in season tournament until you get to the semifinals. I think they're going to play the semifinals and the finals of this tournament in Vegas in early December. Uh, I might have a tad bit of interest in it then, but until then, I could care less. Uh, I think the winning team splits like 15 million bucks or something like that, where everybody on the team gets a million bucks or something like that. So then they, you will see some competitiveness and some hard playing if they're, when they're in Las Vegas for that, that semifinal final scenario and where all the money's on the line. But up until then, I could give two flips. Uh, do, <clears throat> so... Be curious to know what your what your thoughts of the uh, of that is. Again, doesn't do anything for me. The games are still part of the regular schedule, so they're not separate games from the schedule. They all count in the standings, but they're a, kind of a play incident. All the teams are put in pools of four teams, I believe, and then you're, I think you're going to have a, an eight team elimination situation starting here pretty soon, right after, not too far after Thanksgiving. So, but I could care less about the NBA. Really, uh, I don't really even get into the NBA till really about Christmas Day because that'll be the day you'll see a ton of NBA games. So, all right, um, let's get to our time score segment of the week, our bozo of the week from a coaching perspective. We're going to Happy Valley. Michigan, Penn State last Saturday. James Franklin, you are the dumbass of the week when it comes to analytics, time score, going for it, not going for it. This guy down 14 to 9. They score late in the second quarter to get to 14 to 9 with about 30 seconds left in the second quarter. Instead of kicking the extra point like you should, 100 times out of 100, this guy goes for two points and doesn't make it. So the score remains 14 to 9. Bad move there. The, the game gets a little, you know, the Michigan separates. And by the way, if you didn't see that game, Michigan ran the ball 32 straight times in the second half. They decided they weren't going to throw the ball, and they basically man, uh, manned, literally handed the ball off 32 straight plays in the second half. I think they threw eight passes in the entire game. So the score ends up being 24 to 15. Penn State scores a touchdown late with two minutes left in the game to get to 24 15. So, hey, you're down nine points. 
What is the logical thing to do to keep the game alive? Do you kick the extra point to get down eight? Or do you go for two points to go from nine to seven? Well, most people, 99% of logical people that have any sense of football say, hey, let's get within one score. Maybe we recover an onside kick and we got a chance. Because if you don't make the two-point conversion, you're down now, not you're down, you're now down nine points, two minutes to go. You're not recovering two onside kicks, plus going down and scoring twice in two minutes. Not gonna happen under any scenario. What does dumb James Franklin do? And you know, dumbass James Franklin goes for two points. Of course he doesn't make it. So now they're down nine points and they have zero chance of winning. Dumb, dumb, and dumber is one James Franklin. These guys with analytics and these guys that are listening to the spreadsheets and all that stuff, like I've said before and I'll say it again, analytics are good in the first and second quarter potentially over the course of a 12-game season. But when you get to a winnable in, in a must-win situation, fourth quarter of games, the variables change dramatically. You have to do everything you can when you're behind to prolong the game, i.e. stay in the game longer by kicking the points you should kick, i.e. the extra point there to get within eight to where you have a chance to recover a meaningful onside kick. Down nine, an onside kick recovery is not meaningful. Sorry, I don't care what anybody in analytics says, it is not meaningful with two minutes left in the game. Not meaningful at all. Go see Cowboys-Eagles from a couple weeks ago. If they would have done the smart thing, kick a field goal, score a touchdown, kick another field goal, they beat the Eagles instead. They get stopped on the three-yard line. They get stopped on the half-yard line, and the Cowboys lose. Take the points when they give them to you. Take the points and stay in the game, okay? Show me, I'd love to hear from you if you got some examples, show me three examples of when all this going for it all the time, going for the two points when you're not supposed to, has turned into victory. The, re- the answer is you can't tell me because you couldn't give me three examples where doing all those things when you're not supposed to has turned into winning results. Doesn't happen. Sorry, doesn't happen. Take the points when you're supposed to take the points, coaches. I mean, are you kidding me, man? All right. There's my rant on time and score. And, of course, next week we will have another segment because I'm 1,000% sure a dumb coach will do more dumb things this weekend in the NFL or in the college football world. So we will have it for you next week on our time and score segment of the week as well. But our dumbass of the week goes to James Franklin, Penn State. All right, going to give you three picks before we go to TJ Reeves. Three picks for the weekend against the number that I like. Been on fire the last three weeks. Check out my our radio show, PressBoxRadio.com, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. If you're in the southeast, we're on 20 stations throughout the states of Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee. You can find us, PressBoxRadio.com. You can listen live or on demand anytime you want. Myself, Mike Grace, is our fearless leader with the Press Box. So I'm on on Wednesdays, and I will also be on Friday of this week as well. But Wednesdays, I do a segment where I pick six games against the number. I'm on a 13 and... Five run the last three weeks, went five and one last week. So I'm going to give you three picks 
on the Powers on Sports podcast for your weekend's activities as sports betting in the state of Florida is about to finally get going full stream, full live with the hard rock here in the state of Florida. That that law finally got amended where they're going to be able to make that a, uh, a live and able to do here any day now. So if you're down here in the state of Florida, Hard Rock, you can go to the app, you can open your account, and you can start making plays here in the state of Florida on the Hard Rock app. So, all right, three picks for the week. Two in the NFL, one in college. Let's do the college one first. I like Iowa State plus the eight against Texas. Uh, This game's in Ames, Iowa, Saturday night. Could be cold, low 30s. Um, Rocco Beck, the quarterback, the freshman quarterback at, at uh, Iowa State, is a Tampa product, son of Anthony Beck, former NFL tight end. They're really playing well at Iowa State. It's going to be a tricky game for Texas on the road. Texas is, is has been skating by the last couple of weeks. I think Texas will find a way to win the game, but I like Iowa State plus the eight in Ames Saturday night. Washington. Plus the two, we're going to give you a second college game. Washington plus the two on the road at Oregon State. Everybody thinks this is the spot Washington goes down with Michael Penix up in Corvallis against DJU. Jonathan Smith, the head coach up there, will probably get a big head coaching job this offseason. He's done a great job. But I just think when you have the best quarterback in the game, I think this is a team of destiny to at least get to the Pac-12 title game undefeated. I like Washington Washington getting two points. They're getting points on the road. Give me the Huskies. It'll be a high-scoring game. It'll be in the 30s. But I think Michael Penix and those receivers will do enough to get it done. You got the sneaky good running game as well. Give me Washington plus the two. Again, Michael Penix, another Tampa guy at quarterback, Tampa Bay Tech High School. Uh, Give me Washington plus the two. And in the NFL, I like Denver on Sunday night at home against Minnesota. Everybody's falling in love with Josh Dobbs. It's been a great story for the Vikings. I think this Denver team is coming together a little bit. You saw the big win in Buffalo. They beat Kansas City a couple weeks ago. I think Peyton's got Russell Wilson playing pretty good ball. The defense is playing much, much better. And I just think, I don't think that uh, Josh Dobbs is going to be able to take that team on the road. Minnesota's won five in a row. Still no Justin Jefferson. I like Denver at home minus the two in mile high Sunday night football. So there are your three picks. Iowa State. Washington in the college, and give me the Denver Broncos minus the two Sunday night. All right, T.J. Reeves coming up here in just a minute, talking all things college football, the NFL storylines, a little boxing. If you are in the market for secondary tickets, NFL, college football, the NBA, hockey, TicketSmarter.com is the place to go on the secondary market to buy your tickets. TicketSmarter.com app. You can go to the mobile app. You can use my code POWERS10 to save 10 bucks on a purchase of $100 or more. POWERS20 if you spend $300 or more on tickets, you can save 20 bucks. POWERS10 for 10 off of 100, POWERS20 for 20 off of 300. You can use these codes as many times as you want throughout the rest of the fall and into the winter season, whether it's hockey, concerts, football, NFL, NBA, whatever it is. TicketSmarter.com is your place to go on the secondary market. So check it out. Appreciate you finding us. And we'll be back in just a minute with TJ Reeves, Buccaneer Radio Network. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market for a new home? Are you looking to get into a a single-family residence, condo, townhouse, duplex, whatever it is? If you need financing help to get pre-approved, which you need to do, reach out to Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers. We'll get you approved in less than 24 hours. We'll get you qualified, figure out what you can afford, 
and we will get you to, in a position to be able to make that offer. So reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending. We can help you with an FHA loan, a VA loan if you're a veteran, a conventional loan, a bank statement loan. We can help you with a investment property, a second home. Whatever their financing needs are, reach out to me, Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. All right, welcome back. Powers on Sports Podcast. Appreciate you finding us. Remember, if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, you can you can find us on Twitter at JPO Sports or X or whatever we're calling it these days. Love to hear your comments and your feedback about anything we're doing or not doing. Uh, but now to our guest for the week. We are pleased to bring back a regular here on the podcast, a person you all know very well. From here in the Tampa Bay area, Buck sideline reporter for the uh, Buccaneer Radio Network, also the host of the Three Dog Thursday podcast, does play by play for Compass Media and all things. Got some, got some boxing. Well, I'll ask him a boxing question. We got a boxing card that got put together in the last couple of days. <laughs> Mr. Reeves, welcome back. Hey, it's always good to be with you, and you always roll call all of my different ventures and outlets and i have probably too many hats like i keep saying to you but it's better than not enough hats yeah. so whatever avenues you want to travel i'm here for you my friend what does a thanksgiving in the reeves family outing look like this time next thursday that is a valid question so there will be plenty of bird and sides consumed my understanding is it is my mother-in-law's uh home game we will be we will be visitors from my mother-in-law's home game and headed there. I'm not sure what, if any, role we have in preparation for that. I make a killer broccoli casserole. I believe I have shared this with you in the past <laughs> because it is idiot-proof. It is uh, crushed-up Ritz crackers, melted butter, Velveeta cheese, and broccoli. And it's not hard to make, and you bake it in the oven on like 400 for about 30 minutes. Pretty idiot-proof. That is usually and next job will be on the Food Network. We'll be doing a yes, Thanksgiving that, meal on the Food Network. We should, because that's pretty idiot-proof right there. That could be your contribution. <laughs> you can even use green beans as a substitute for broccoli if you don't like broccoli on the casserole. We'll but, yes, plenty of food consumed, plenty of football. And, um, you know, the one thing I would say, and you say this also, you know, get together with the family and the friends, but also think about those that maybe are less fortunate give give when you can give give of time give of resources this time of year because there's a lot of people that yeah. don't have yeah. money don't have food and we just gorge ourselves so there's your public service announcement to begin things here on the conversation yeah so that's that's good to hear i good to hear i know you guys are got a, got a good little family here in the tampa Bay area. i know you guys commute from place to place in different spots and so i'm <laughs> sure you'll have a great time coming back yeah, there we go Oops. Post San Francisco trip. I know you're going to San Fran this weekend with the Buccaneers. Nice little cross country trip. Was that a Friday or Saturday departure? So that is actually interesting. Uh, off the win over Tennessee, we're going to go out there on Saturday this go around with Todd Bowles in charge. He was in charge a year ago uh, when we went out there on a Friday with Tom Brady and company, and the game was awful for the most part. That smoke. So there was not much correlation to being out there earlier and getting acclimated. And the Bucs have done this before on a couple of other occasions, including going out to play Oakland um, back a decade ago, the day before the game and played very well. That's a game where Doug Martin set the single game rushing record that was traveling the day before. And there've been a couple of other occasions where they've gone to uh, once to Phoenix. And I want to say that didn't work out 
Uh, but there was another one. I, I want to say we went to uh, San Diego and it did work out on just the day before. So we'll see. I mean, there's different theories on that. Some teams from the West Coast come in on Friday to the East. Some of them come the day before. And it, it just, it varies. It is a long trip. I mean, it's going to be about a five and a half or six hour flight from Tampa uh, into the San Francisco Bay area. And then we'll see what this looks like on Sunday. I keep saying in all of these conversations as the week builds on here, Mr. Powers, that I kind of like the puncher's chance that the Bucks have. I like the fact that San Francisco blew out Jacksonville right. last week. Right. The fact that they rolled the Bucks a year ago. That that to me makes them, I think, want to exhale a little bit and say this is no big deal to be playing this team. So maybe maybe the Buccaneers catch them, hang in. I don't know what realistic chance they have to win, but if they play smart, they don't turn it over. I, I think there's a real opportunity yeah. to hang into this game. All right, so we're, let's start on the NFL side of things. We're right at the halfway point of the year, getting ready to go to the start of the second half of the season, basically. Give me a give me a midseason surprise or two from around the league that that's really caught your eye or just a, a storyline that you think will be interesting to me. You look at backup quarterbacks that are having to play a ton of young backup quarterbacks. We saw the news this early this week with with uh, Deshaun Watson now out. They're going with DTR over the veteran PJ Walker for the time being. You've seen rookies galore around the league playing. You've seen the rise of CJ Stroud. You saw him in person a couple yep. of weeks ago. Just give me a thought or two about a storyline that's caught your attention the first half of the year. Well, and I mean, can I cop out and just say, how long do we have? Uh, because there's so many different intriguing ones. Uh, how in the world has Minnesota held it together with the injury to Kirk Cousins? And they go grab Josh Dobbs in a trade. And Dobbs doesn't even know guys' names in the game with Atlanta. And they're finding a way to win that one. And then they validate it uh, by winning again last week. They've won five games in a row. Yeah. That Buccaneer opening week win over Minnesota, not looking so bad right about now. So they've all, been a very without, interesting all without Justin Jefferson, too. That's correct. It's <laughs> a, it's amazing what they've done. Um, you know, again, there are there are three or four other situations. Cleveland has been a surprise. They beat San Francisco. They came roaring back to beat a very good Baltimore team last week. And now Deshaun Watson's hurt. This is any given week right now, almost a week to week league on what's going to happen. Um, so it's it's fascinating to watch this unfold, and nothing is promised to you. I mean, the New York Giants made the playoffs a year ago, had so much optimism. They are horrendous. Daniel Jones is hurt for the year. They look like they're tanking at this point. So you don't know what to make of it. But you're right. The Stroud storyline is tremendous. Uh, so far, he's played so much better than Bryce Young, the Alabama number yeah. one pick of Carolina. So, yeah, you've got so many different, interesting, intriguing stories right now on, on different teams and how and why they're succeeding. Suddenly, Denver's come around and won yeah. two or three games when they looked awful. The New England Patriots, uh, we have lived long enough to see that the Hall of Fame legacy of Bill Belichick is currently being tarnished by how awful New England looks, especially without Tom Brady uh, right now. It's a wild year in the NFL, there's no doubt. And you have, and maybe the biggest surprise might be what's going up on uh, up and up north where you were at not too long ago on a Thursday night up in Buffalo. The absolute meltdown that's going on up there. They fire the OC when it's not the OC's fault on Monday night when you can't when you got twelve guys on the field for the field goal. 
There's been some internal strife from what it sounds like between Diggs and the OC and who knows what else is going on. What do you what do you make out of Buffalo? A real chance that they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, and they and they looked like uh, when we saw them on the Thursday night, every bit the part of maybe an AFC East champion and a playoff contender. And now you you have a couple of games where again it looks shaky for them. They're now five and five. They fired the offensive coordinator. Sean McDermott is embattled a bit. There are a bunch of people in Buffalo saying, is he the right guy to take this situation to the next level or not? So you got that one that's been a little bit weird. Again, this San Francisco team that we're getting ready to go see, everybody anointed them. Remember when they destroyed the Dallas Cowboys about what, five weeks ago, five, six weeks ago? It was looking like, okay, San Francisco and Philadelphia battling again, and maybe the 49ers are are the best team in the NFC. Well, then they turn around and lose three games in a row, including losing to Minnesota on Monday Night Football. Um, and, and then Cincinnati came in there and beat them. So... They're not invincible either right now. So it's just, it's very interesting how this ebbs and flows and Buffalo right now, to your point is struggling in this part. They've got to, they've got to find a way to snap out of it in a battle with the dolphins specifically in that division race. And they got a brutal schedule down the stretch. They got a lot of hard games down the stretch. Give me a thought or two on the probably the biggest game of the year to date, Monday night in Kansas City. Got both teams oh, yeah. off a of bye, Philly and Kansas City. Philly winning games but not looking as pretty as they did last year. Kansas City winning a different way as they're used to, much more defensive-oriented, a lot less, lot less high-flying offense. Give me a thought or two on uh, those two teams and at, at kind of the top of both of those conferences. And, of course, we saw Philadelphia. I saw them at field level on Monday Night Football here. They're the real deal. They're improved uh, over the last couple of years. Jalen Hurts, uh, his composure, his ability to throw the ball, their defense, physical offensive line. I'm not saying they're invincible, but they they look like the best team in the NFC. And then with Mahomes and the Chiefs, yes, the record is really good, but so much of this year he has just been at times off, even in victory. Yeah. Yes, they're succeeding. Um, a lot of it is kind of nonchalant. Like, uh, you know, they waste this drive. They waste this possession and another possession and another drive. And you can't always get away with that. They certainly got humbled by Denver in the game in Denver a couple of weeks ago before their Germany game. Yeah. Um, it, it was a real reality check on you can't just mail it in. You can't just show up and think that the other team's going to fall over. So that should have been a wake-up call, but I'm with you. This is going to be a tremendous game. It's a Super Bowl matchup a year ago, Chiefs and, and Eagles. Uh, and, and both teams will now test the other, I guess, on how far uh, are they ahead of the rest of the NFC or the AFC? How does this game look on Monday night? I'm very intrigued. Last NFL question, and we'll and we'll move to, to something. We'll move to uh, I got a boxing question for you. Talk about the <laughs> let's talk about the TV schedule. I know you and I are big fans of yes. market the TV games and all. Are you surprised that the NFL is getting stuck with some, in some situations where you and I were together Sunday night and it's 49 to 7 that in Dallas and they're still staying on the Dallas Giants game at four o'clock on Fox? You got a Friday Amazon game on Black Friday coming up next Friday. Dolphins and Jets, I believe. It Just is. You had the, we've had the Germany games at 930 in the morning. Just give me a thought or two on the media schedule, of how the NFL schedules these games out. And, and again, they're the Godzilla, and we got to keep this in mind that 
when you're talking about NFL TV ratings, they have right now about seven or eight times the audience of anything else that's on network TV. It is the king, and it is the king by a long, long stretch. So that being said, you had the Cowboys and Giants playing Sunday, and the joke that we had is, why is America being subjected to this when it's been a four-touchdown game for a couple of hours? That's what we were talking about on the sports media podcast that you were a guest with me on earlier in the week. Well, the rating is in, and the rating for Sunday afternoon is the lowest-rated Late window all year long, not surprising. 21 million. Okay, 21 million is a massive number. Primetime TV shows right now are getting like 3 million, 4 million. Right. So 21 million is a massive number at 4 o'clock on Sunday. But contemplate a year ago, that was the Cowboys in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers in a competitive game that had nearly 30 million watching. Right. 9 million less for that blowout game. So you got to have better teams and better games. And so this is where the flex scheduling will come in here over the next few weeks. And interesting, they not only can flex a Sunday night game, if they want starting now this year, they can flex a Monday night game out of Monday night and say to somebody else playing Sunday, you're now playing Monday night. They can do that up to two times. The likelihood is they will only do it once if they do it once. And let's uh, stay tuned and see. And I believe they have to give 28 days notice. So the Monday night flex. That's the that's for the Thursday nighter. If they move a team out Thursday of night. into Thursday night, they have to give them a month notice. I just I don't see them flexing a Thursday night game out of Thursday night right now. It's not that big a deal. But you could see a Monday night game because there's a couple of bad ones yep. at the end of the year that may come out. Yep. That may come out of the Monday night slot. You're now playing Sunday. And somebody else that's thinking they're playing at 1 o'clock Sunday, hey, you're now playing on Monday night. So right. good luck with your travel and your travel arrangements because you're supposed right. to be checked out of the hotel, by the way, right. on Sunday afternoon while you're playing the game. Uh, and for the fans, for so, the fans. More yes, another nightmare. Screwing the fans. Yeah. And uh, there, believe me, there are owners of teams that spoke up about this and said, we're objecting to this because we have thousands of fans that travel to our road games, yep. and now you're screwing their travel plans where the airlines have no mercy right. on – you're not you're not getting out of your flight. You're going to pay a penalty, and the hotel may be booked or not yeah, booked for right. the extra night. You're screwing stuff up by by moving nights. It's one thing to move the game from a day game on Sunday to a night game, or vice right. versa for Sunday night football, but moving it by a day is crazy. So you're right on these primetime games. They want the best matchup and the best audience, and let's see if they flex some of it. All right, before we get to college football, I got a boxing one for you. I yes. saw a few days ago, we saw a card get put together. It looks like it's in Saudi Arabia. You got yes. three fighting. We got Wilder fighting. They're not fighting each other. Separate fights. Give us a little rundown of that card and why Saudi Arabia and why are they not fighting each other? Simply money. Money, money, money flowing like uh, like the Red Sea in Saudi Arabia. Um, and that's the reason why they can have this kind of a card that's going to literally have about six or seven main event type fights on the same card. And again, Anthony Joshua is the British star, the former unified champion. He's fighting on this card. Deontay Wilder is the American from Alabama, who, by the way, wanted to be an Alabama Crimson Tide football player, but had skill in boxing, a thunderous right hand and has had yeah. quite an accomplished boxing career. Boxing not as mainstream anymore when you and I grow, grew up with Mike Tyson, yep. with Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler. 
and all of what we grew up with, Larry Holmes, the end of Oscar Muhammad De La Hoya Ali, and those Oscar guys. De La Hoya in the modern day, Floyd Mayweather. It's not as mainstream anymore, but that'll be a very interesting card two days before Christmas in our world uh, in Saudi Arabia because it's got title fights. It's got the big heavyweight. So that was just announced and that there'll be a lot of buildup over the next six weeks for that fight card. We shall see. All right, let's go to college football. A couple of things, and we'll get you out of yes. here. Let's talk about the give me give me a, a thought on Jim Harbaugh. The big restraining order hearing is coming up Friday up in <laughs> Michigan. Do you think he gets the restraining order this week? Does it get pushed to next week? Does he not get it at all? Give me a thought on on your and and do you think he's guilty of sin for what he's being accused of? Okay, let's start with the second part first. Absolutely, yes. I am so <laughs> over it on the defenses of, well, everybody's doing it. No, everybody's not doing it to this extent. This is right. ridiculous, over-the-top cheating that not everybody else is doing. It's cheating because it's clearly defined by the Big Ten. You're not allowed to advance scout, much less be videotaping the opposing sideline. And they were doing this not just occasionally, but with every opponent they were playing. They had a system in place where they're going all over all of this. They've got a spreadsheet with all the hand signals matched up to plays to what they are. They've got the guy involved standing right next to the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator calling out to them exactly what the play is about to be on both sides of the ball. It's amazing that Michigan's gotten scored on at all when this has happened this year. It's no coincidence now that they are 25-1 and one in their last 26 games overall since all this began to happen. Harbaugh was an okay coach in the Big Ten who's now turned into a superman, a superhero, superhuman coach at 26-1 and one in the last 27 games. He lost 16 Big Ten games in his first seven years as the coach at Michigan. He's 26-1. and one. He's lost one Big Ten game the last three seasons to this point. So it's absolutely cheating. They should absolutely be punished. Now, what is this judge going to do? More than likely, it's a female judge who's a Michigan law grad. She's been studying this for a week. She's more than likely going to let him coach against uh, Maryland and um, against Ohio State. Ohio State's the big one at home. Uh, so, I mean, uh, again, you brought up a great point. What is the real punishment here if he's allowed to coach practice during the week? He's allowed six to be around the team. It's six days, six days and 21 hours, as you said. He's allowed to be the coach before the game and right after the game. So how much of a punishment is it? I think uh, Tony Petiti in the conference office was trying to do something. Remember, he's the first-year commissioner, Jason, trying to do something here. Coming from the sports media world. That's you know, right. The sports media world. And how wild, as our colleague Matt Zimmick pointed out on another podcast, how wild if he's on the stage for the Big Ten title game in Indianapolis handing the trophy to Jim Harbaugh at the end of all of this. So and stay with, tuned. And with Jim Harbaugh knowing the moment they lose or win the national title, he'll be an NFL head coach within 48 hours probably. Probably so. But uh, so many different subplots. Uh, I think it would be a great upset if the judge does not grant the restraining order. What does the Big Ten do after that? Do they appeal immediately and try right. to keep him out of the Ohio State game? Uh, would they would they then take another step, just one hypothetical real quick, and then I know you want to move on, of if the restraining order affects the Maryland game, do they come right back and say, we said three-game suspension, so that means the Ohio State game and potentially the Big Ten title game now. Right. Because right. if they were to win on appeal, let's say, point. and get that hurt, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. 
It doesn't lack for drama, but the, they are not victims in this. There, There is no sympathy outside of Ann Arbor and their fans and their fan base. They're not victims. They have been blatantly cheating in this. And Harbaugh has been intimately involved because in all of the game plans and in all the coordination, he has to know. The guy is standing. I'm going on and on in the soapbox. You got to you got to stop me in a second. Good, the go. Guy, the guy Connor Stallions is standing right by him in the Michigan State game, and it's on video of him telling Jim Harbaugh when the signal comes in, "That's pressure. That's the blitz. That's pressure." He's telling Harbaugh <clears throat> that this this crap and it's crap about he has no knowledge of it. Please, I'll sell you some mountain property in Miami. Come <clears throat> see me. And what a joke is with the with the with the interim coach crying on Fox after the, the post game interview. Yeah, I don't. Kenny I don't Kapp asked him a question about the the scenario, and he just starts volunteering. When, like when history looks back on all of this, they are going to say blatantly cheating. That's how it's going to be judged. Yep. That's how it should be judged. No doubt. No doubt. All right, let's get to uh, Florida State down in this neck of the woods. The new, the new, uh, the, the rankings came out. Obviously, Georgia jumped ahead of Ohio State for the week to one, two, uh, Ohio State two, Michigan three, Florida State four. Most people think Florida State is the most vulnerable team. Even if they go undefeated, they could potentially get left out. Do you think a twelve and zero Florida State, if they run the table, North Alabama, Florida, and most likely Louisville, do you think they get left out if they go no. undefeated? No chance. I'm with the win out of conference against LSU, the strength uh, of a couple of their other wins. Again, the win at Florida, Clemson, Clemson at home, and then a, and then an ACC title game on a neutral field against a Louisville team that theoretically is ranked in the top ten when they beat them is more than enough to get them in. Is um, I mean, and obviously Michigan and Ohio State have to play, and then somebody right. has a loss at the end of the rainbow. Uh, so then, if if you have three unbeaten's left, hypothetically Georgia, Florida State, Washington, they're all going to be in. Right. Unbeaten. So there's no way if Florida State is unbeaten that they're being left out. Now, the question becomes, let's say they get to the end and they lose close to Louisville and they have one loss. I think they're and out. There's a couple of others with one loss. Do the Knowles get left out then? It's going to be a very nervous time, for sure. And then you have a scenario where Georgia, Florida State, Washington are all 12 and 0. And you could have all the marbles on the line in Atlanta between Alabama and I'm sorry, not Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan winner, Florida State, Washington undefeated. You could have a winner take all game in Atlanta, potentially, where Georgia loses, they're out. If Alabama wins, they still might not be in because of the if Texas were to win, then you have to evaluate the head to head with Texas and Alabama. You could have a little drama on championship Saturday in uh, starting in uh, in Atlanta between Alabama and Georgia potentially. Well, and this is and just to the point, this is what you want if you're the right. college football playoff. You want this, and I have been saying this for a year. I will continue to say this. I will hit everybody between the eyes with a two by four that wants to argue on this. You destroy what we're, we're talking about right now with a twelve-team playoff because they're all in in right. a twelve-team playoff. It just matters where you're playing, and, and you're fighting about as Missouri's in the twelve seed, who right? Cares? But you're all in right. right now. You're on a high wire on who are the four, and there are right. going to be two or three left out out of the mix of Oregon, Alabama, Texas that all have one loss that can't all get in, and whoever loses Ohio State, Michigan, you can't take everybody. You right. are destroying that with a 12-team playoff because all of those teams, right now it's Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, 
Oregon, Alabama, Texas, those eight teams would all be in, would right. all be in in a 12-team playoff. So it's not the same. It's not going to be the same uh, because of the greed and wanting more playoff games and wanting more money of it. I, I love how it is right now because the battle to get those four spots is what the end of the regular season is all about. There you go. No doubt. Last second, Chad, a coaching carousel. Obviously, we saw Jim, <laughs> yeah, Jimbo is uh, like, what's the line from uh, from Die Hard sitting on a beach collecting 20%? <laughs> uh i th- i think so uh what is it hans hans does say um to um holly janeiro i'm an exceptional thief it's yes. almost it's almost like that 76 million dollars to go away guaranteed with no offset language for taking another job which he <laughs> will whether he does for 2024 or a subsequent season it is mind-numbing the stupidity of the presidents and and the board members and the people that sign off the ads that sign off on these deals these extensions just crazy but i mean you've got AM open you got mississippi state open you got boise state open uh you're gonna maybe see the florida job open maybe ucla does west <laughs> does west virginia make the move on neil brown because they can get jimbo fisher while he's being paid by texas a&m to come coach them this arkansas is be potentially wild, you got arkansas i mean wild coaching carousel what happens if lincoln riley decides he wants to be in the nfl instead of coaching in the big right? 10 at southern cal which by the way he didn't sign up for going to usc to be playing rutgers and maryland and minnesota and indiana mm-hmm. So does Lincoln Riley vacate the USC job? We uh, we shall see. We shall see. This carousel is going to be crazy in December. You, you and I are close to the Florida situation. If Florida loses five in a row to end the year, and if they get blown out by Missouri and Florida State potentially, you've already been blown out by Georgia and LSU, do you sense big problems for Billy Napier? Yes. I think he is coaching for his job these next couple of weeks on how they look. I could absolutely see them making the move. My understanding, it's not a massive buyout either. It's right. not a massive contract. And they should, you know, uh, they'll, they will take the approach of we need a bigger name proven coach. We went the Louisiana route, the Sunbelt route. We need a bigger name. We need a hotter, bigger name. Somehow, some way to come get Florida being uh, to be Florida again. We'll see. We'll see what the Gators do. All right, TJ Reeves, Buccaneer Radio. Tell, tell all the fans if they're not in the Tampa Bay area where they can find the Buccaneer broadcast on Sunday with Eugene and Dave on the call nationwide. That's great stuff that we're headed out there. Again, if you have SiriusXM, if you have NFL Plus uh, from their mobile app, you can hear it. If you're in the Tampa Bay area, 98 Rock on the radio or on the Buccaneers mobile app. That's also good in the region, including Orlando and Central Florida. You can hear things on the Buccaneers mobile app uh, as well as Buccaneers.com streaming the game. Any of the radio affiliates in and around the state of Florida will be on the air at 3 Eastern, 4 o'clock kick. Let's see if the Buccaneers hang in with the 49ers. Everybody's going to talk all weekend about how San Francisco is rolling in this game. I kind of like that. Just you get a puncher's chance to hang in with everybody counting you out. Let's see if the Bucs can do that this go-around here. And, Brother Reeves, I know you always like to know this. I'll give the fans an update on this, too. Round two, Florida high school playoffs Friday night. I'll be in Venice, Florida, which is about an hour or so south of Tampa, kind of the Manatee, Sarasota area. Venice High School, who is a power in high school football here in Florida, 
against Amakali. And you say, who's a what's Amakali? Amakali is famous for Edger and James and those yes. guys and the famous bunny chasers. That's something they do down there growing up. Those kids run through the, the sugar cane fields <laughs> chasing bunnies <laughs> for for money. Like you, they catch uh, the bunnies. You uh you develop some agility, some coordination yes. with being able to do that. Yes. So you're working the state playoffs as a as a high school official. Good for you. I love that. I'm headed off to the West Coast where the Bucks haven't had a tremendous amount of success. They did win in 2016 in this stadium. Dirk Cutter, Jameis Winston, Levante David on that team, by the way. Mike Evans on that team, by the way. Let's see how it looks for this go-around 2023 version. Again, the 49ers embarrassed this team a year ago. Let's see what happens with Bucks and 49ers. Thank you for having me, my friend. And I know the and I know the twins make their JV basketball debut <laughs> coming up here in a couple of days as well, my, right? My 15-year-old sophomores on the JV high school <laughs> basketball team will have details to follow at a later date. <laughs> all right, TJ. Appreciate it. Buck sideline guy on Twitter X. Follow him. He does great stuff, does all kind of great stuff throughout the week, all over the place. Let's keep it up. Keep it up and keep it up. Have a happy Thanksgiving, sir. You too, my friend. Thank you. Keep up the great work yourself. All right. We'll see you next time. Powers on Sports Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, and we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.